So, ladies and gentlemen, back here, Interview Sunday, and I'm very, very happy to feature an interview with a guy that I really, really like because I think he has one of the coolest hairstyles ever, somewhere between Howard Stern and Weird Al, and it's just cool. Second of all, because I like Darlene his main band. Huh? I usually get Darlene from Roseanne. Just kidding. Oh, yeah, Melissa Gilbert. True. <laughs> but I think you rock it much more than she does. Second of all, because I like Darlene. all the bands that he's in. Uh, and we already featured him this year. So I'm very, very happy to have Dylan from Bellwitch and now Percation here with us. So thanks for joining us once more. Yeah, thanks for having me again. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, my friend. First of all, you know, the usual question here on Vela Sound, what is the band merch you're wearing today? Um, this is a long sleeve shirt by from Fuoco Fatuo, who <clears throat> a doom, maybe kind of a black metal, death metal, funeral doom sort of mash uh, from a, a band in the, from Italy that Bellwitch just finished a European tour with. And they were wonderful. And watching them every night was exhilarating. They were of a supporting act, right? It was not a double headliner. It was you headlining and they were opening, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it to, to the Antwerp concert, of Ola, although I was only like an hour away. But we had just arrived in our holiday destination. I was just too tired to drive. Yeah, no so, uh, but anyway, Fuoco Fatuo, a very cool band. Very cool band. Very cool band. Um, if anybody asks uh, today, I'm just wearing, I'm, as, uh, fortunately, nobody can see, but I'm wearing a pluck of Veil of Sound. Once in a while, I used I used to wear that at school, and so I just came home a few hours ago, and I didn't change since then. So, once in a while, that's something that I can wear to school, and nobody gives a damn. No, <laughs> nobody's killed on the shirt. Nothing. That's something that I can wear. So, Dylan Percation. First of all, does it have a meaning? Does the name have a meaning? Because I looked it up, I found a few things somewhere connected to pyre pyro something like fire sure but does it have a meaning uh yes i think the, the idea would be like um I, I think a direct translation from greek would be wildfire oh um, that uh, makes sense because i i got a lot of how to act in certain emergency situations in yes. greek <clears throat> Yes, and I think that the <clears throat> those the fires that just happened there this past summer was a really unfortunate, um, really unfortunate thing on many levels. But uh, especially for the people who were who were affected by that, um, the the name was not a reference to that to that um, incident. But uh, yeah, I think I think the the um, the theme of the band is kind of looking towards Mediterranean Middle Middle East. Um, ancient things from that area um with a with a theme of fire and as you mentioned uh about the uh like an apocalyptic um an apocalypse through fire of sorts mm -hmm. so to to clear it up um Dylan and I already spoke a few minutes before we started recording um and we spoke about the title of a record of a Kadashan and the unending fire um and um when when you look at the word Kadashan, um there are multiple explanations to it and one of them is that it's like a religious connotation where where people say like okay the Kadashan is connected to the apocalypse and of course therefore it's connected to the coming of the antichrist and stuff like that um so somebody who is preceding or um, coming before the end of time. Um, then, of course, the question is, when we look at all those things, you know, when we talk about Southeastern or Near Eastern, um, South, Southern European and um, Near Eastern um, ways of thinking, um, is that something that strikes you? I know that you're a highly philosophical person who thinks about a lot of things. We had that in our last interview. But is that something where you say, like, okay, I'm really interested in that? 
Um, yeah, I am really interested in that. So uh, lately I've been questioning myself why I focus so much on uh, like Western things. I think I get, I, I don't know, I, I think I always have. Um, part of that might be growing up in a, a Western culture makes it easier to want to look back at Western things before, <clears throat> you know, I don't know the things that are happening now, but um, that's probably a lot of it. I, I, I want to start looking in other directions, like, of course, in uh, like ancient African things or mm -hmm. ancient, like East Asia things and North American, South American things. Like those, those are so interesting. And there's, there's also a limited, um, in the Western tradition of books and, uh, you know, uh, studies of such, uh, in that fashion, there's less information on that because the conquistadors and, and, and the colonizers of all sorts just wiped everything out. And there's so much was lost. Um, so the information in that direction is limited, but what is there is fucking mind blowing in, in contrast with the world that we live in today. Um, I, I think there's, there's, and it, it's it's fascinating to think about like how different people can be. We all have the same brain. We all have, you know, we're built the same way. We we pretty much are. We do the same things, but we do them so differently sometimes, and with such a different twist that that. Yeah, it's fascinating. <clears throat> Is it also the fascination of seeing how a different environment can completely change your fundamental mindset? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like the different like historical aspects that shape the way people act in the present and the way that people plan for the future and the way that that all comes together. It, I mean, it's, it's, there, there's, it's an endless well of um, fascinating things. You've already mentioned the conquistadors um, who always proclaimed that, that, what they were doing, conquering countries, raping women, killing children, and all that horrible stuff that they did, that all of that was done to fulfill the will of God, that they were following orders from, from the Pope, from a Catholic institution. Is that also something where you say, okay, we see how much religion plays into our mindset? In this oh, case, a monotheist religion, but if we look at the other religions, very often a polotheist, polytheist kind of religion. Sure, sure. And I think that, that that raises an interesting question of what is religion and what is political. Because I, I would, mm -hmm. I mean, like, obviously, they were, the institution they were proclaiming was a religious institution, the Catholic Church. Um, I would make the argument, not that I'm trying to defend the Catholic Church by any means, <laughs> they don't deserve it, but um, I'd make the argument that they were, th those people were actually just venture capitalists out there trying to get themselves rich, and they had yeah. this real easy excuse of saying, well, this is for the will of God, this is, yeah. this is what God wants us to do, the Pope said so, and the Pope, you know, the Pope's in on it too, Pope's like, yeah, we're getting money from these guys, yeah, go do what you gotta do, I'm not, you're, you're going to take my advice? Sure. I say, go do it. Yeah. Um, I think those are all just as an example of venture capitalism that we still have today of pieces of shit that are going around fucking up people's lives and ways, mm. ways of life that um, mm. somehow they're able to do, which is in a, a you know, historical injustice that has never, uh, hasn't stopped. Yeah, that hasn't stopped. At the same time, we also, of course, have to agree on the fact that, you know, as interesting as a lot of those other religions are, like the Aztec or Mayan or Inca religions, yeah. those were also not the role models for a lot of things, because uh, I'm not sure whether it was the Mayas or the Aztec. I think it was the Aztec uh, who basically killed so many people for religious sacrifice, you know. Um, I sometimes wonder whether Marx was not right when saying like, okay, religion is nothing more than opium for the masses. I know he didn't say yeah. it like that, but, you know, cutting it short. Um, 
However, we have to say that the way that a lot of religions and also a lot of mindsets are working, um, a lot of them, and uh, here I think it's not only a question of no theism versus polytheism, it's a question of ruling versus ruled, right? Um, because when you look at the, the Kadashan in in religion, he seems to be like one of those few who deny who denies ruling or be ruled. He's just the one who ignites Armageddon and then everything falls into pieces. Um, but what struck me about the idea of a Kadashan in the title of your record is the one who prolongs things, who the one who procrastinate, procrastinates in a way. Um who, who keeps time going. I don't want to say time is the only thing that matters because it's not. But do you think that time is one of those few really most important things we have for ourselves, for our society, for our families? Sure, sure. That's, that's a, that's a, Awesome question. Yeah, because the way that we perceive everything is through the lens of time. Like, a, it's almost like we're, we, our eyes see everything in the third dimension, you know, space, but our minds perceive everything in the fourth dimension, like through time. So we're always kind of gauging what our next move is. We're, you know, like if I scroll through social media, these little stupid ads pop up that are trying to tell me to buy houses or save money yeah, or yeah. whatever the hell. And that's like an example of, um, you know, that's like the fourth dimension. Those things are saying plan ahead. Um, they're never saying, what did you do five years ago? But that would kind of be the same idea, I suppose. Um, so I guess in that regard, time, like we could say that time is the, our perception of the world through time would kind of be our, our capacity for suffering in a sense, like all the things that the good and the bad that happen to us are through the lens of time. Because without mm -hmm. that, nothing would hurt. Nothing would feel good either. It's just like consciousness is based in that. So in, in some regard, I think we could say Time is something of what people use the word God to explain. Mm. Maybe something of what people use the word that uh, people use the the character of the devil to explain. Um, and I guess if we're talking about the devil, we're talking about polytheism because I'm just getting sidetracked. Sorry. No, no. Um, we could also be talking about monotheism because remember, you know. A lot of the things that were taught by all our monotheist religions wouldn't be possible without a Luciferian position, right? But I know what you mean. However, I, something struck me when you spoke about our our perception. Um, I think, and I would like your opinion on that, I think that time is the only constant part of our memory. Because I, I totally remember who I sat next to on my first day at secondary school, but for the life of me, I couldn't describe the classroom. But I have that moment in time, and I know for 100% that Marcus was sitting on my, on my right side. So I think that in a way, time is the only constant part of our memory. Maybe of our consciousness, even. Like if we take mm -hmm. time away, if somehow we couldn't perceive that, like, fourth dimension if we couldn't perceive time what like what would we what would we be we'd be like i don't know a, a floating object with no history or uh future i, I mean i i, I don't even no know no birth to, and no death yeah i don't even know how to like wrap my head around that that's too much but yeah it, it's like it's like that put time into it and all of a sudden that's how we can operate as whatever we are the the beings or the like is there a birth and a death like i'm just looking out my kitchen window and there's like a little patch of dandelions out there and i think like well the 
the birth and death of a dandelion comes in spring and it ends at the end of the summer when they all turn white and blow away, but they come back the next year just the same, maybe not the exact same way. Maybe every dandelion is its own little snowflake, you know, but it's essentially the same thing. I think we could say that same thing about humanity or any living creature. And we were, maybe someday dandelions will cease to exist. Maybe someday humans will, maybe someday the earth will, um, et cetera, et cetera. But like the stuff that all these parts that we are is made of, I don't think those atoms are going to cease to exist at any point in time. I, I suppose they will, all particles. No, matter away, matter right? never ceases to exist. It just shapes, changes shapes. All matter on Earth is the same. Ever, ever, ever. As far as I remember, yes. Yeah, but like in... it, The atoms so it, change so their atom shapes. In... The atoms change... The, the, the atoms, as far as I remember, and if I understood that correctly in philosophy class like 25 years ago, I think uh, the atoms can recombine, but the amount of atoms on Earth is always the same. Yes. But but don't atoms have a, like a half-life? I don't think they do. That's okay. why quant I, that, that's why quantum physics can claim that quantum physics exists without space and time. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, so that works much better than if for, for this little, you know, a trajectory that I'm on. If everything just kind of keeps dying off and recreating it in a different way there isn't really a fourth dimension to it it's kind of just floating around like it's not necessarily affected by time if, we, if you look at it through the lens of time it has like a, you could take like little photographic segments and say oh there was this these this this series of giant lizards on earth for a period of time they're mostly all gone now um, they were all they, called they, jesus lizards Jesus, exactly. <laughs> would that be monotheistic? <laughs> no, that would be Yoish. Yoish. <laughs> nice. Like David Yao. Okay. Yeah. But I know um, what you mean. It, 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 like, yeah. So we're I guess basically like, in a loop, right? Time... Yeah. I've. I've gone so far into this loop that I forgot what the original question was. No, no, no. I think we're we're very, very, very close to what we were thinking about. Because I, 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 a few months ago, I read something that, um, people who are concerned about our DNA and who try to decipher our DNA have found out that there seems to be a part of our DNA which has like an overarching, over-generational kind of memory, which, for example, explains mm. why a lot of people in a few Eastern European countries still feel as if they are always ruled by, um, let's say, a communist government, a government which doesn't work for them. Although those are people who have never lived under communist rule, they still have that feeling. And then the question mm. is, well, why do they have that feeling? And one of the explanations that I found in one of those articles was that there seems to be some kind of overarching um, hereditary memory that we are given by our ancestors. And that then we're back in that loop thing, right? So, you know, memory our personal memory exists in the frame of time, but the overarching memory of mankind is timeless because it's a loop um we're we're gone yeah. way off the, the but maybe we can come back to the record because there is something very cool about the record and i sure. have to ask a question that i encountered when i was reading through the promos that we got for it um and i sometimes love for promos that we get and sometimes i wonder if a person has ever listened to the record in your case there was one thing that i really think is a good question because it said that one of these ignition points for procachian was that uh you guys zach and you were missing something in modern black metal is that true that you said like okay we need this in black metal I think 
I think to an extent, um, I think I know, I know what you're saying. And I think that I would have worded that differently, but I think I know what Zach meant and I agree with him. And I think for me personally, the way that that statement sits and the way that I, yeah, I think a lot of times with any art, artistic medium, things kind of become uh, of each other. They kind of all start to sound or look or present alike. And there's, you know, there's too much consistency and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. In the grand scheme of things, my personal taste, I would say too much. <laughs> it is too much uh, sometimes. And in this case, I think there's a lot of black metal bands that sound alike. We were trying to make, like, I don't know, make it weirder, make it more unique, uh, challenge ourselves to take like, okay, what is this um, broad outline that makes up black metal? We, you know, of, of our personal taste, which which bands in this category of, of music are making things that we like. How would we recreate that ourselves? And uh, yeah, I, th I think that we, he and I are both bassists. Like he he played bass, he plays bass. And um, Hissing was a, a band that he's he played with a lot, put a lot of records out. I do I do Bellwitch. Um, we were like, let's let's start a band where we're both playing guitar, just to when we're trying to make this thing that we're going to try to make you know give a different feel from what is is the common saturation of black metal let's do it with different instruments so that it's just harder for us to fall in line and do it the way that it seems natural and that is easy to do we want to make it kind of more of a challenge in that regard so we both had to learn how to play guitar which has had mixed results but um <laughs> it's been a lot of fun regardless and it's been a uh it's been challenging. It's been, um, I think I've grown as a musician learning to do the guitar. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a whole new set of challenges to a to a new instrument. It's so similar to a bass, but it's so different in the same same way. Did you also have to change the way you wrote songs or you write songs? Um, it was a different approach. I don't, Zach has, is, um, uh, much more accustomed to, Zach wrote the outlines for the songs. He's much more accustomed to writing things with outlandish time signatures or strange repetitions or, uh, structures that are very different than how I would do it, which was challenging. And sometimes it was hard to catch on to what he was doing, but, um, I've played in plenty of bands historically that have done that also. So it wasn't, it wasn't recreating the wheel by any means. Um, it was fun. It was challenging. It made me, um, maybe think about the way melodies can be extended mm -hmm. or, um, drawn out or cut short and like looking at, like let's say something that's in in seven. I think my mind, when I hear something in seven, I want it to be an eight. Mm -hmm. Like I want it to be six eight. So I start to try to do that, but it's always off a little bit. Like it 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 uh, comes off as irregular to my internal clock, just because I'm so used to playing things in four and eight. So then I'll have to uh, give attention to how is that? Is it? It's a little shorter than what I want it to be, and how? How does how was that approach and what is the feeling of that? What is what is that? What does that irregularity convey? And how do I work within that uh, language or method or whatever the word is for that? So in that regard, yes, it's it's um, it's yeah, new instrument, new new music musical crew to play with it's, it's it's very challenging and then there's brennan who is a fucking monster drummer who showed up and just played it like it was no big deal brennan just sat down and like okay and just blasted through everything i was like oh my god <laughs>
By the way, short question. How did it feel to finally perform pop songs of only 18 minutes length? Oh, pop songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Piece of cake. 18 <laughs> minutes. I was like, oh, finally got to shave off about 62 minutes of this. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, like, again, we, you are in a band which does long tracks, right? But of course, there, mm -hmm. there, there is probably a clear difference, right? Yeah, Whether you have like an 85 minute song or two 18 minute blasts. Yeah, there's um, there's I mean, still 18 minutes is still. It's still things, long. It's not radio yeah. formatting. <laughs> when things are going in 13 and seven and, and then six and double six and then back to four, then to five. It's it's a lot to remember, whereas I think. To contrast that with Bellwitch, whereas Bellwitch is uh there's a lot going on too. And we're dragging things out and maybe each rotation of, you know, I think like in rock and roll, a lot of times it's a rotation of four and it'll change the next thing. Bellwitch does that too. Uh, each rotation, each of those four is going to be timed a little differently. So the third one might be drawn out extra long. The second one might be a little quick. Um, with Percasion, it, it might be a rotation of five followed by, two sevens into an eight and then it just goes on to something completely different um i mean you know in, in the u.s we have that this phrase tomato tomato kind of just saying like yeah. it's the same thing maybe said just a little differently so i guess in that regard tomato tomato but uh it's it's a challenging tomato <laughs> and a fun tomato i can ex i can expect that one um also something that struck me, I mean, like with Procasion, there is so much going on in those 18 minutes. Um, for which band did you have to learn more parts? For Procasion's, what is it, 35 minutes or something like that? Mm. Both tracks combined or for Bell, which is 85 monsters? Mm. I don't know. I guess... I would say, short answer, Percasion, because Zach gave me the skeleton material. He was like, here, mm -hmm. here's the outline, you know, learn this, write to it. Whereas with Bellwitch was mostly composed, the skeleton was mostly composed by me before I brought it to Jesse and said, okay, now let's expand on this. Uh, so learning the material, definitely Percasion. Um, but you know, Bellwitch is a, is just a that was that was kind of writing three albums at the same time. So in that regard, I think mm -hmm. Bellwitch might be more. But I mean, like, if you change as you change your instrument, of course, but also I'm very sure change the perspective on songs a little bit. Mm. Is that something that by now, as you now have done that, very where you would say like, okay, that is something that I think is important to keep the flame of interest go going and growing? I'm sorry. You know, you now change your perspective on how to write music. Do you say something like, okay, that is something that I might need in the future more often in order to keep that flame burning, that, you know, that creative flame, so to speak. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it definitely, um, learning a new instrument uh, and looking at all these, at like a different um, compositional approach is definitely enriching in the overall experience. And I think it definitely does make, it did make me grow as a musician and as a um as a as a uh performer as a writer as a listener um yeah i think uh you know variety is is such a big deal and having different perspectives is always um always enriching and it makes everything 
it doesn't water anything down. I think that variety definitely uh, makes everything more potent and it makes everything, it gives a broader set of tools to see things with, to approach things with. I mean, like I know that with Bellwitch, you are already working on the next part of Future Shadow of a trilogy. And I don't want to ask the following in connection to that, because I'm I'm pretty sure that the next two Bellwitch records will not have a guitar. But could you imagine incorporating guitar lines into the Bellwitch sound? Uh, with Stygian Bow, definitely. Um, which I was guess. kind of a a fun okay. thing. And, and and with that uh, in the same direction, um, the way Eric plays guitar is so different than like the way a Bellwood, like a, the Bellwood songs were just structured around bass. And like, no. there's the rhythm line with my left hand and there's the lead line with my right hand and incorporating that bass, I'm sorry, incorporating Eric's guitar. We all ha had to stop a couple of times and be like, whoa, what's happening? And I was like, okay, we, we both have to bend a little bit to each other, but there's something really cool that happens in that bend. And then I think I start to understand how he approaches things and he understands how I approach things. And we kind of, you know, I think as that band continues to grow, that'll become, well, he and I will become more fluid in that regard. And I think the same could be applied to Percasion, the way that Zach writes things, the way that I write things, the way we approach those things. Um, well, as we meet, as we meet each other to make everything make work, make make everything work, um, that blending of um, of ideas and styles and intentions um, will totally have to bend to each other. But I, I still think that that's not that's not watering down or diluting anything. In a lot of ways, I think that's increasing the potential for um, greater for potency for things to be much more unique and uh yeah much more unique so to, to to maybe also cut that clear so for the time being bellwitch will always remain a band centered around bass and whatever jesse behind his crazy kit is going to <laughs> add to it right 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 and whenever yeah. you feel as if, you know, this needs a guitar, then it would be more something for a Stygian bow, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, more or less. The Stygian bow songs are being are being written currently. Um, Eric and I are both kind of doing other things, and he's writing them from guitar, and then I'm trying to add bass to that. And that's that's fun because, like, with that first Stygian bow record, a lot of that was... Um, a lot of the the structure was written by me, whereas that's changing with this next one. A lot of it's written by Eric. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas with Brocasion, it was pretty much all the structure was all written by Zach. Um, and I was, I don't think I even changed like the timing on anything with Brocasion. It was all following the original structure, which was which was hard. A lot of it was. Um, I mean, I think that any any musician would would say the same. It's it's a challenge to make different time signatures that are smashed together. It's a challenge to write something that can flow over that, like a five to a seven to a to an eight, to make something flow over that can be challenging. It can it can be done, no problem. But um, it's challenging. So then you now basically have three big bands that you're working with or working in. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some more on the way too. We've we've been uh we're 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 trying to make a bunch of them for this for the record label to put out. There's a um I won't say too much, but there's there's three more in the work right now. I'm only in two two of those, but oh, uh, only so then you have five bands. <laughs> uh so yeah, that's that's also maybe the last thing that we talk about before we come to the quick fire round. You started your own label for the Procagion release. Uh, why? Why did you not go to? I mean, like there would have been tons of labels who would have taken you with a big, big kiss. You know, like 
Well, Why start I think your the own idea, thing? Zach and I were, as we were working on the Percagian stuff, it was like, what if like, cause we kept having these other ideas and it was like, you know, that doesn't fit into this. Like what, what, what Percagian is, that idea wouldn't fit. It would be parallel, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily blend. It would kind of take away from that potency. As we, as that was kind of, as we were coming to realize that it was like, well, let's just make a, a label that does cassette and let's just make a bunch of bands and release all of them differently. Mm-hmm. And if an, if a, if a larger, more established label with distribution came along and said, Hey, we want to do a full length record um, with you, they would say, okay, great. <laughs> but um if not, that's fine too. Like we don't, we don't necessarily need it. If that's not the, you know, the, the, the big books of the industry isn't necessarily the main goal here. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, I think, I think we, we just kind of decided, let's just make a label that we can release our own things to the world um, on our own terms. And if, if those things set roots and grow outwards, then great. If they don't, great. It's no problem. It's it's always a pleasure talking to you because you are a very thoughtful person and you know you take your time of answering. Well, and you. but indirectly, you're already igniting the sparks of interest because of course, you know, everybody who listens to this, including me, is like, ah, give me more, give me next band, next record. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a uh, very interesting trick that you do there. You know? My marketing trick is working, I see. Yeah. At least with me, it totally does. And I bet <laughs> there are lots of people who are the same. So, Dylan, first of all, thanks for all the insights into Percasion. But you yeah. know, the way the things are done here at Velo Sound, you don't get around for quick fire round. And I also looked up which questions I gave you for Bellwitch a few months ago. So. I don't repeat myself. Um, we've said that, you know, in uh, theology, the Kaddishon has to do with the end of times. And of course, when the end of time comes, the four apocalyptic writers will come. And uh, I will give you the choice of two of those. And you have to decide between war or pestilence. Oh, shit. I mean... If we're looking at it in a fourth dimensional lens, are they not the same thing? But for the moment, what would you rather have? War moment, or oh, pestilence? My, my evasion techniques didn't work here, did they? Um, no, not this time. <laughs> war or pestilence? I guess I think pestilence probably leads to war. War probably leads to pestilence. I know, I guess pestilence, because that requires less. Um, I have to pick up a gun less fast in that scenario, which sounds more appealing to me. <laughs> it's definitely the pacifist answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. And um, being German, uh, I, of course, thought about war in the German term Krieg. And then it dawned on me, I could give you two old school metal bands, one of them about to release a new record. So you get Neil Jameson's Creek versus the godmother of all death metal, Death. Oh, well, I mean... Death, but that is no slight against Krieg, who are great. And I think I heard a new track of that. Was there a track that was released? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're already on the second. It's already the second single that is out. And I have to say, I listened to the whole album by now. I really like it. And I hope, I really hope that I get Neil on the show because that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's historically been out great stuff. Like he's always. And of course, you know, also looking at it with a little twinkle in the eye. Uh, my next two questions are, you know, once in a while we also have to have a little fun here on the show. You know, as soon as the apocalypse comes, there will be a lot of fire. Uh-oh. Barbecue yeah, going on. Barbecue. 
We love How barbecue. How do you like your barbecue? Gas grill or charcoal grill? Ooh, charcoal. Mm-hmm. I come from Kansas City and they they this is a big deal out there. This is the the personality of Kansas City is uh barbecue. So I gotta be yeah, if, if there's anyone that. from Kansas City listening to this, they're gonna get really mad at me if I say the wrong thing. I've heard that I, I never knew that barbecue was so big in Kansas City. I mean, when I lived in the States, when you know in Atlanta, we always thought the coolest barbecue is North Carolina barbecue, but I've heard that Kansas City must be huge. Is that really the case? Well, in Kansas City, they would say that that perception you had was incorrect. <laughs> I always thought Kansas City is only the Chiefs and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, like, people do make their own sauce. And it, that's really cool. Like, the, the DIY people that go out there and make it, and they they try to, like, follow this, like, set of, of rules. It's really very similar to a, the way a music genre works. It's pretty cool. There's, like, regional styles of things. Yeah, I mean, more power to them. But it's good that you chose charcoal because then my next question can work. How do you, (laughs) what do you prefer? S'mores or cookies and marshmallows separate? Oh, oh, how did you know I like candy? Um, Because you're such a sweet guy. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Okay, that's a tough one because. Um, I've been vegan since 2001 and marshmallows have, um, you know, Sugar, at, it, at least yeah. gelatin, I think it's a weird thing in the marshmallows. So I guess I couldn't really take either one. Oh, there's probably like a vegan marshmallow out there by this point in time. By now, right? So, so okay, let's say you get the, vegan marshmallows. Okay. In that regard, s'mores. Coming back to music, right? Mayhem versus Dark Throne. Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first album's just don't ask has me a why, place but... in my heart. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I, yeah, yeah. Also, listening to Procasion, I can. I would have guessed that Mayhem is more the influence on that one. Um, while I was like writing down my questions and stuff, there was always one thing that came to my mind that don't ask me why. I always had that bad religion song back in my head, like change of ideas, because, you know, you changed your instrument, new set of perspectives, new set of ideas. So I will give you two bad religion songs, change of ideas from no control or American Jesus from recipe for hate. I'm afraid I might not be familiar with either one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. American Jesus sounds interesting. I, I know I tell that story too often, but um, I, have, I think I haven't told it here on the show. Uh, when I visited my last Belgian hardcore festival uh, in 2017 or 16, Bad Religion was one of the headliners. And we were standing like this. Uh, 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 uh. And the guys were going off stage and everybody knew they'd come back out. And I told my friends, if they now play American Jesus, we'll have two meters of space in 20 seconds. And everybody was <laughs> like, you, you won't be able to make that. Torsten, no, no way that's going to happen. And Brian Baker comes out, plays the first few things. And I'm just like, hold it. 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah what exactly is the american jesus it's of course like it's um capital criticism or criticism of capitalist america um it has this and it's also very much against the oil industry because they got the american jesus you can see him on the interstate you know like they basically count off all the things that are wrong about the states uh, also, the the perception a lot of not you but a lot of, a lot of Americans. You know, like uh, there is one line in there where they say like, "I don't need to be a global citizen because I'm blessed with nationality." And in one line, he's like, uh, yeah, I, "But everybody can come here." Something like that. 
that kind of ties into what we were saying earlier about the conquistadors. See, see, like it's it's almost like the same like uh, trajectory of the religion uh, in quotes that exactly. we were talking about. Of um, it's, so it's like not really there's not really anything religious about it or uh, theosophical about it. It's but or spiritual about it. It's about money. So maybe it's a, about yeah, for one God, but it's a big W, right? Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two, let's say, black metal adjacent bands from where you're from, from the region where you're living, the Pacific Northwest. Um, sure. Would you rather listen to Mies Moore's version of extreme doom metal or Wolves in the Throne Room atmospheric black metal? Ooh, tough question. I mean, both are great. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it depends on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. If I was um, if I was running, I'd probably rather listen to Wolves in the Throne Room. But if I was if I was trying to repair, if I was trying to put flooring into my house, I'd probably rather listen to Mismore. I don't know why that's the uh, the idea that I that came to mind, but. Um, you know, doing some sort of carpentry work. I feel like I would want to listen to Mizborg with the uh, the sort of pummeling, like hard hitting um, okay. space. I don't know. I got two more for you. As you two are more. now an accomplished guitar player, <laughs> who are you trying to follow? Van Halen's Eddie or Uli John Ruff? From oh, shit. Well, that's funny because tonight my or next week my homework is to write a guitar solo for this other record. So, um, baby steps. But uh, that's a fucking tough question because obviously Eddie Van Halen is just a, like a tornado of of of, of notes and and approaches all in like, like eruption. It's just like the fucking quintessential guitar solo. But Uli John Roth is an animal. I guess Uli John Roth, it's more melodic, less um less flashy, still flashy, less flashy than than Eddie Van Halen, though. So I guess I'll I'll take Uli John Roth. And over the course of our interview, I don't know why, but one question came to my mind as I always try to mix those with premeditated questions and something that blobs up in my head during the interview. I don't know why, but I came up with the alternatives. What do you prefer? The kind of earthy fantasy of the Lord of the Rings or the scientific stuff that is connected to the Dune world? Scientific stuff. Like, like you mean, like, is, is this, are you basically saying fantasy or sci-fi? I think, well... Dune is a little bit of both, right? Oh, Dune. Right, 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 right. I thought you said Doom, like D-O-O-M. No, 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 Dune. Oh. Herbert's writing, which unfortunately right, right, right. will never be finished. So Dune, the Frank Herbert was from Tacoma, Washington, which is just like... Oh, I didn't even 20, know that. Yeah, like 20 minutes north of where I live. Um, I guess I would go with... with Oh, I don't know. That's tough. I I think dragons have a slightly annoying film in my mind. Like when I think about a dragon, I'm like, uh, I'm skeptical. I think about alien planets, I feel less skeptical. I think about like I mean I don't know essentially it's kind it's like so the idea between Dune because I think I think Dune being rooted in the sci-fi genre looks towards the future from the scope of the past whereas fantasy looks towards the past with the scope of the present. Oh, that's a very, that's a wonderful answer. I, somebody would probably say that was incorrect. 
and I would be interested to hear how, and I would probably agree with him, but I think for the, for the sake of the quick fire round, I think that's my answer. Yeah. Okay. So, so folks, when, when you, when you hear this now that he says, you know, why he chooses which one <laughs> and how Tolkien looked at the past, which he invented from his present, um, <laughs> Write down in the comments whether you agree with Dylan on that one or not. Uh, I might agree with him when I think about, you know, when Tolkien wrote, wrote The Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. But if you have a different opinion, please write it down in the comments. When you think that comparison between Dune and The Lord of the Rings is just nothing but a bag of shit, also write in the comments with maybe nicer words. That would be very kind of you. Uh, if you like what we do, then give us a link here on, on, on YouTube. Or if you want to follow us on our socials, on Facebook or on Instagram, that would be cool. Um, if you want to do a little bit more, go to our Patreon where you can support us for, I think it's a buck or maybe two, something like that, which would already be cool. Um, and otherwise, Dylan, thanks for your time. Thanks for very cool questions. And uh, yeah. whichever shitstorm we get for the Dune and Lord of the Rings comparison, we'll forward <laughs> that to you. And now is your chance for final last words. So yeah, Dylan, final last words. Um, I, thanks for having me. I... Uh... I, I appreciate the conversation every time. And um, I'm going to be thinking about this Dune Lord of the Rings thing all day long now, I think, because I the more the more I think about it, I do think that Lord of the Rings was written looking towards the past from a sense of the present. That doesn't exclude the future, but I think it definitely pushes the future to the side. There is historically... It's conserving the balance of the universe, whereas Dune is more like expanding and kind of like, is there... Well, maybe Dune's conserving the balance of the universe also. Looking at looking at Lord of the Rings from an historical point of view, there is an easy answer. You are, in my opinion, correct. Look at the two main antagonists in the Lord of the Rings. You have Saruman and Sauron. Right, two very similar names, and being a German historian, and I know that there are parallels in there. Think of the two main antagonists in World War II on the German side against the British, the English, and against the Americans and all the other cultures. It's Hitler and Himmler. Oh, interesting. This was not lost on Tolkien. No, I mean, Tolkien, I mean, first of all, Tolkien was a veteran of the First World War. Uh, yeah. And uh, second, I know that you wrote The Lord of the Rings at the time of World War II. And you can yeah, even see some bits that are known to have been written past 1941. You can see some of those things becoming even darker than the first part. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's but still, if anybody disagrees, comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dylan, now every month we do this, right? I think so, yeah. So I'm already looking yes. forward to the next record. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> so enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Yeah, thank you. You too. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.